Today's program was brought to you by Forever Cheese, Masters of the Mediterranean. For more information, visit forevercheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to Love Bites, coming at you from Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jacqueline Raposo, the producer and one of your hosts here. It's winter. Ben, my darling co-host and dear friend, is hard at work in Portland, Oregon. And in his absence, I'm taking a little personal hibernation. But we've got a really lovely series to share with you, Couples of the Food World. We've asked five couples in the food and hospitality industries the same questions about how they make working, living, and loving together happen. Where are the joys, and where are the hardships? Today we're sharing a show we recorded a few weeks ago and saved just for you. So we hope you enjoy it. And if you want to find out what we are doing right now, who we are dating, and how we are loving, you can always find us as at Love Bites Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And don't forget to tag us on your tweets and photos, or use the hashtag GiveLove so that we can follow along with what you are doing, too. Happy winter. Enjoy the show. Michael Whiteman is president of Baum and Whiteman Worldwide in business since 1971. They created five of New York's three-star restaurants, as well as the legendary Windows on the World and the Rainbow Room. A recipient of the Silver Spoon Award from Food Arts Magazine, he was the founding editor of the hospitality industry's first newspaper, Nation's Restaurant News is a frequent contributor to magazines and media outlets, and lectures around the world as a food futurist and trends pundit. Roseanne Gold is a chef, author, journalist, and philanthropist. At the age of 24, she was the first chef to New York Mayor Ed Koch, and went on to become consulting chef to the Rainbow Room and Windows on the World. She is a graduate of the New School with an MFA in Poetry, where she teaches the language of food, exploring the intersection of cuisine and commerce, poetry, and prose. A four-time winner of the James Beard Award, Roseanne is the author of 13 cookbooks and more than 600 articles about food, trends, and dining culture. Wow, you are all so, so very distinguished. Thank you. Michael and Roseanne for being here with us today. Welcome. Thank you. Fun being here. And I had to really trim their bios in order to make them not take the 40 minutes we have for this I know. Show I just today. got nervous as I was <laughs> reading excited? that. Now like, I have a huge smile on my face. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming down to Brooklyn and joining us. Well, we, we live in Brooklyn. Coming down to Brooklyn. We live well, in Brooklyn. Uh, well, it's coming down. <laughs> I know. For us. For us. I know. We came to their neighborhood. To Brooklyn. Today. Well, thank you for, for letting us come into your borough to speak with us today. 
today. Um, so so we want to, we're very excited that we have you because you've done so many things in your field slash fields in hospitality and food across the board. Uh, but we're going to start with your love story, your origin story. Mm. So please tell us some basics. How long have you been together and how did you first meet? Michael, shall I start? Yes. Okay. I love how you're pointing at each other. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we've been married for 29 years, yeah. uh, and I am Michael's third wife, just to give you a sense of uh, what a, a victory that is for one of us. I'm not sure <laughs> which. Um, so we're happily married. We happily work together, and we fell in love in a car on, a way, uh, on our way to King's Supermarket in Morristown, New Jersey. Michael told me he fell in love with the left side of my face because he kept on looking at the left side of my face on the Wait, way to Wait, how did you Mars get into Down. the car together? How, uh, how did well, <laughs> that, 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 oh, I knew he should have started. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> that, that's the beginning of the story because uh, we were hired as consultants to rethink King's Supermarkets, which is a really luxury, was then a luxury right. brand in New Jersey. Was this before and, you worked on Windows of the World and Rainbow Room together? After, this after, was after. after. Oh, okay. And oh, I'm oh, sorry. Before we, this is all right. This was before. Uh, and uh, Joe Baum, who was my late partner, uh, hired Roseanne over my objections. <gasps> Why did you object? Uh, and so wait, 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 wait. Why did you object? Uh, you can say. Well, <laughs> Roseanne looked at the time. I mean, there's a happy ending, so we can. That's yes, why we can yes, ask. Yes, Roseanne looked at the time as if she had just emerged from the Sahara Desert, uh, <laughs> and her her hair was out to here, wherever here is, uh, and uh, she was um, highly zoftic and wore a lot of big flashy jewelry and a fair amount of makeup. Uh, she looked fabulous, but uh, so all the reasons but, you fell in love with her were reasons. Yeah, but that but, but, but our client was very conservative, oh. Oh. and so I invited her to breakfast uh, the day after she was hired, and uh, suggested that she had to tone down. I should have and left did him. you? I should have left him then. <laughs> but, um, but I was really excited about working for Joe Bow. I didn't know too much about Michael Whiteman at the time. Uh, did I? Eventually, I did. Yeah, look at me now, huh? Jacqueline, can you believe it? Hmm. Small earrings, hardly any makeup. Well, so who... uh, And still gorgeous. Oh. I know. Yeah. We have lots of awes on these. I know, in this series. This is is the awe series. It's not the couple series. It's the awe series. So you fell in love with the left side of her face on this drive. When did you fall in love, Roseanne? Uh, Much later. Really? Yeah, it took a while. Um, We are 15 years apart. Um, I'm not sure Michael was exactly what I was looking for. And I knew it was never a good idea to um, fall in love with your boss. Mm. And um, so it was a little bit of a slow build. And it was complicated. It was kind of complicated. What was complicated about it back then, especially with that relation, with that dynamic? Well, it was exactly that, the mm. big age difference. Mm-hmm. Um, we were working together. And Roseanne was nominally working for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... So, you know, you, all of those complications. Was there romance taking the place, though, between the two of you? Yeah, it was building. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember calling my father and saying, I don't know, Dad, Mr. Whiteman wants to take me out for breakfast this morning. What do you think? <laughs> so, um, and Michael was sort of recently ending uh, a, a marriage. And I think so another it complication was, to Yes, and I think hurdle. it was a little soon. 
you know, I, and I was kind of aware of that. So I wanted to be careful with the timing and it just, it, it took a little while. So why do you, I feel like a lot of people, that's a, a concern for a lot of people in the beginning of a relationship when you're unsure as to whether the, the societal norms are going to work for or against you when you're, when you're breaking them in a way. So what about your, your attraction for each other was, you know, was, was bigger than those parameters. What happened or well, what do you remember about that period that made you risk that? Thoughtful question. Thank well, what, what makes this uh, relationship unusual at the beginning is that uh, we, it wasn't as if we had just met in a bar somewhere and we saw each other once or twice a week. Uh, we saw each other all day, every day, five days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, in between the work, there was uh, energy building. Yeah. And then uh, letters and uh, then really looking forward to seeing each other. I don't know. It's really sweet to even think about back then. We don't think about this too much. So thanks for the opportunity. But mm-hmm. hey, Michael, this is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do it again. <laughs> do you remember? We had a very rocky marriage, very rocky relationship. And I think some of it really did have to do, it had nothing to do with not loving each other. Uh, it's styles. Um, and working together was challenging. So, you know, I don't know if many of your guests have very happy stories about uh, the ease of working together all the time and being involved in creative projects, but we had many challenges. Well, we're going to get to those specifically after the break, but what do you remember who said, let's, yeah, I want to get, we'll we'll definitely dig into those after the break, Um, but I'm I'm holding myself (laughs) back here. I want to go right there. No, 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 no. I'm holding myself back here because I can see us falling into that rabbit hole. Uh, Do you remember who said I love you first? It, um, hmm. Maybe it didn't happen. (laughs) You know, it's so funny. So much of our relationship in the beginning period really took place in the car. Yes. And I remember once being in the car in the front seat and... This idea of being on the passenger side of a man. I once wanted to write a song about that because I don't drive. So, you know, that's a very interesting seat for me. But I remember at one point I decided, Michael, that no matter what, I wanted to spend the rest of my life with you and travel with you. And that, if you know, if I had a year to live, that I would just want to stop everything and just be with you and be in the world with you and travel with you. Do you remember? Yeah. What oh, thank you, you, Ben. I know. Is... I know. <laughs> Clutching our chests. Yeah, here. It's very romantic. <laughs> that was magic, David. Thank you. Thank you for that, David, in the booth. Um, do you remember what car you were in or where you were going when you had that that moment, Rosie? Well, I would pick once a week. We had to go to Morristown to work on King Supermarkets, and so I would pick Roseanne up at her apartment on Seventeenth Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on traffic, it was an hour, an hour and a half drive. Uh, and an hour and an hour and a half drive back, that's three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then three hours at the client's supermarket. So, you know, it was a lot of time together. Did you bring wooing snacks or anything? Was there any, like, food-related <laughs> thing that you're like, oh, I know that she likes this, I know he likes this, I'll bring it for the car ride? No, uh, because we were going to eat when we got there. <laughs> <right. laughs> Ros- Roseanne was given the... Uh, challenging job uh, of figuring out how to create a, a line of prepared food for uh, a really upscale supermarket. Uh, and we had been hired to rethink the whole company. Uh, so we were the, I'm going back a lot of years, so we were the first people to put open kitchens with real chefs uh, right. into supermarkets. 
and Roseanne was creating all of the food that this fellow was going to be cooking. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Well, now that we've gotten a lot of awes in already, I think it's time to pitch you against each other and and tear it down a little bit. What do you say, Ben? Yes. We should play the oldly wed game <laughs> where we'll see we will test your knowledge of each other and just see how much you've learned about each other over the last twenty nine years of marriage. Years. Um so before the show we asked you to answer five questions about yourself, and then answer the same questions about each other. And now we're going to see which of them you got right. So. I think we're going to get a lot wrong. That's all I can say. It's it's all right. right. I'm cool. Yeah. (laughs) Then you'll see, you know. (laughs) Then we'll we'll take a break and we'll we'll talk about nice, warm, fuzzy things after the break again. Yes. Okay. So question number one. um, What is your partner's... Favorite comfort food. Michael, what is Roseanne's favorite comfort food? Gorgonzola. Is that true? You know, he's right. But, oh, is that what you wrote down, though? No. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know my own favorite comfort food. <laughs> he knows you better than you know yourself. What did you write? Oh, that is, that is What beautiful. did you write down? Well, cabbage and noodles, which is my comfort food growing up. And I think that's my comfort food. But truthfully, Michael is correct. Well, wow. next, next time should you make it, it, put Gorgonzola in ben, it. Ben, should we give it to Michael? I sort of, Yeah, I think we have to, right? I think we... I mean, is that... I, I which mean, one is your true favorite comfort food when you think about the comfort food of your soul? Is it... Gorgonzola. It's Gorgonzola. <laughs> so I think we should give it to Michael, then. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 Yep. Okay. One for Michael. What, all right, Roseanne, Roseanne, what is Michael's what's, favorite? What's his favorite comfort food? Cereal. Right. <gasps> nice. <laughs> all right. I can see it, too. I can see it. I'm like... Number gee, two. I'm looking over his shoulder. I see what he's got written down there. Okay, number two... What is uh, your partner's sign for when they want to get frisky? Michael, what's Roseanne's sign for let's get frisky? Pooch. <gasps> oh, she'll call you Pooch? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Roseanne? Uh-oh. <laughs> She's blushing. This is, this is an embarrassing one, we can tell. It's great. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> Is that right? Well, he always says that. Uh, I should have put that down. I used it for something else. <laughs> Uh-oh. What did you write? Oh, is this the one that you yeah, didn't what, what write What did you anything? write for... What did you write? I wrote Sweetheart. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Oh, but... It's okay. It's okay. That's all right. Two to one. Two to one. Two to one. All right, numbers. This is fascinating. Isn't it? <laughs> learning a lot about all each right. other. Number three. Okay, number three. Uh, what is... How do you let... How does your partner let you know that you're in trouble with him or her? We'll let Roseanne go first this time. Roseanne, how does Michael let you know that you're in trouble? Oh, he walks away. Is that what you put? I I should have put that down. I didn't have an an answer. Oh, my God. And how does she let you know that you're in trouble with her? I go, go, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I got it backwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd rather not say that on the air. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Oh wow! Right. I can't wait to hear. I have no. I actually have no idea what he's going to say. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good reaction for that one. I feel like that whole question. We'll just move on to the yeah. next question right, number, here. Number question number four: What is your partner's favorite alcoholic beverage? Wine. Yes, but but specifically red. 
But I love all kinds. But I would say my favorite is red wine. Okay. And yeah. what's it, what's his? Oh, this is like the easiest thing. This is the only thing I really know about Michael. An ultra ja, an ultra dry up gin martini, no fruit, no olives, no lemon, nothing. Oh, oh he, Michael just sagged oh, in his chair. No. Actually, she's right. But I wrote wine. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh oh. <laughs> She's do, we, right. do Jacqueline and I need to leave the room I for know, a moment getting, to let you two fight really it out? Or, no, no. You know, she should get half a point for really getting it right. Well, we'll give her the full point. I feel like we're going to give yeah. her the full point for I, that. You know, because It's funny. I don't know how it's coming across or we're coming across, but we're having the best time. Okay, this good. is a yes, riot. Let's, let's, let's definitely <laughs> make sure. Because, yeah. Okay, number five. Well, we've got one question left, so let's enjoy it. <laughs> what um, would be your partner's last meal? Last supper. Last supper. Uh, Roseanne would want uh, Gorgonzola and, <laughs> and Chateau Yachem 1937. Yeah, that was my first Yachem. That was pretty delicious. I remember it. Uh, yes, I wrote Gorgonzola cheese, but also smoked salmon, wine, great bread and butter, and black coffee. I like how David did a half ring there. Yeah, we'll, we'll I give you all the wins. point for getting we'll a portion of point. it. I think we'll give you the point, Yes. And Roseanne, what is Michael's? I had no idea, and um, I'm so excited to really find out the truth, and I, I wrote the stupidest thing. I wrote Coco Van. <laughs> <laughs> not, not bad, but I wrote um, uh, pasta with foie gras and truffles. Oh. Okay. I well with go a, out in a blaze of glory. With a 37-year cam. That would be very tasty. <laughs> so. Three, I hope Michael wins. Three to two, three to two, four to two. It's like three and a half to two. Three and a half to two in favor of our winner. Michael. 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 (laughs) Roseanne, you've got some learning to do about your uh, man here. That's really not fair because I won twice on Gorgonzola. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she loves that Gorgonzola. And I feel like like that martini comment should have gotten some extra points, too. That was very impressive. I call it a tie. Yeah. But you know what's so... Oh, but see, see, I call it a... T- I like that. Oh, but I'm That's so excited that he won for two oh, reasons. Oh no, honestly, this is oh. so... This is wonderful. This is much I better than therapy, that. Michael. Why didn't we just come here for so many years? We um, can charge you if you yeah, want. I, mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm so excited that he won, number one, and that he won because it was about me and Aww. a connection with me is Aww. pretty cool. Aww. <laughs> double bonus. Double <laughs> I love, bonus. I the double Oz there, too. Love the double Oz. Um, ben, it's on the other form. It's on your other form. Sorry, we're, we're going to go into a commercial break. This is as long as I can as as find can where find. I can read it. I know. I yeah. know. Buzz me. That's right. I lose. <laughs> ben, the winners today are everyone in the room but me. Um, on that note, we are going to take a quick break uh, to hear a word about our sponsor. But a reminder first that you can find all of our shows archived on iTunes and Stitcher Radio as well as at www.heritageradionetwork.org. And while you're there, we'd love to have you throw a few dollars towards Heritage Radio. As a nonprofit, member-supported station devoted to all things food, your money goes directly towards helping our tiny and devoted team produce over 30 weekly live shows, plus members-only events and special programs. So head over to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate, and we will love you forever. We'll be right back.
Have you tasted the world's best cheese? Grand Cru Sourchois is the 2016 World Cheese Champion. Our partners at Roth, Wisconsin make this gorgeous Alpine-style cheese in the rolling hills of Greene County, Wisconsin. Grand Cru Sourchois is produced by hand in Swiss copper vats and finished by aging on spruce planks. The quality milk and careful craftsmanship bring out the award-winning light floral notes, nutty undertones, a hint of fruitiness, and a mellow finish. Perfect with Riesling and Muscat, Grand Cru Sourchois is a guaranteed hit for any occasion. Check out their other offerings at RothCheese.com. You'll discover Buttermilk Blue and their newest release, Prairie Sunset, the golden-hued love child of Mimolette and Gouda. You'll also find recipes like the Raclette Reuben and Tomato Tartlets. Everything you need to know about the world's best cheese is at RothCheese.com. And we are back with Roseanne Gold and Michael Whiteman. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and now we are going to dig into the trials that we had sort mm. of touched on in our first half about how hard it was, you said, in the begin, especially in the beginning of your relationship, working together and developing your romance and getting married. So really, what, what were the beginning stages of... What were the, the hardest conflicts? Let's jump to your actual... When you were getting married, your union, what were the hardest things about working together, especially as you were working on these huge restaurants that were iconic for New York that meant so much to so many people? What are the what were the hardest things in the early years about being partners in different capacities and in both huge capacities, both very significant public eye, lots of responsibility for many people's jobs. I know I feel like this, I'm adding, I'm like so much pressure on your, <laughs> on your, on your work. <laughs> but there was, I mean, you were responsible for a lot of people's you know, success in right. these, in the work that you were doing. So how, what were the hardest things about doing that together as a couple? So I, maybe I'll start because the challenge for me was I started working for three guys who were a team and a very famous mm. team. I mean, I always wanted to work for Joe Baum ever since I realized one could be a restaurant consultant. <clears throat> and here I got the opportunity and I walk into a space where it's Joe, Michael and Dennis Sweeney, the third partner. And they've been together for already 20 years doing extraordinary, important projects all over the world. So not only was I a woman, I was a newcomer. Um, it was a job that I really needed to create, and there was a tremendous amount of tension kind of fitting in, and I, I think really I wasn't treated that well by by the group, and I also understand that, but it was it, that was a big challenge. And then to add the kind of falling in love and being com becoming a couple um, was also a challenge, and all of this was, you know, feels a little bit dramatic against the backdrop of opening and creating new restaurants. So I know that was challenging for me. What about you, Michael? Uh, I, I, just to build on what you said, uh, we had been together as a team for a large number of years, and uh, we had already worked on some big projects. We'd already created Windows on the World and everything in the World Trade Center from the very beginning. And um, the, uh, the tension rose rather quickly when it became evident to uh, my other two partners that there was a romance blooming here. Mm. And so uh, bringing Roseanne on uh, as the genius to all of our food creation uh, brought along also some unintended consequences. 
I do have to tell you, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I will. Michael and I needed to uh, travel because a lot of our clients were other places. And one day, and it was very new in our relationship, and I think things were just beginning to become a little intimate, we went to a meeting uh, in the morning after staying over the night before, and everyone looked at Michael and started laughing because there was lipstick on his collar. <laughs> Scandalous. I was, Michael, do you remember that? Not, I, I'm still mortified o- by that. Not, not only that, but you got up first in the morning and you used my razor. And when I got up to shave in order to go to this client meeting, which for people we'd never met before, of course, then the hair wouldn't come off my face. <laughs> Oh dear! So Did there ever come a time in the relationship where you had to have like a actual a formal discussion about you know what the issues of having the relationship and working together were? And if so, what what was that conversation like, and how did you really overcome those obstacles? Uh, for me, after a while, it became very. I felt like I was losing my identity. Quite mm. honestly, uh, again, there's the uh, couple part of this, but there's also the woman part of this. <clears throat> And I left, I left. I mean, I still had the job as being the chef director of the company, but I started writing, I started writing, I started writing cookbooks. And I remember the first cookbook was called Little Meals, which was actually a concept that started at the Rainbow Room. And then I, I started working at home. I, it was very difficult to break through that uh, little trio of male energy and and this little fraternity and i sometimes felt really bad about it too had you shared that concern with michael at the time that that was one of the reasons why you were backing away from that active work with the I company i certainly did but i don't know if he remembers i do <laughs> um and you didn't have to share it because it was clear and, and evident um it's a, it, it was a, a rocky beginning because of uh, of all of the conflicting winds that were sweeping through the office. How did you respond to that, Michael? And were you, did you feel able at any point to make a shift or to be able to talk to your partners and, or, or was that just something that wasn't going to budge? Yeah, it's a different time in yeah. business and in restaurants it, and it in was, New York. I mean, and, we're yeah. going back, we're going back 30 years. Right. Yeah. It, was, it was a different time period. Right. Uh, today, uh, if, if, uh, our romance blossomed today. I'd probably get arrested. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought. It, no, I. I really. I or I'd get elected president. <laughs> <laughs> One of the. Oh, other, I see where the same you're coming from. Days. The sound I effect mean, for that, David. <laughs> but, but I also sure. feel that's more kind of accepted. Also, that there aren't the same kinds of hidden rules, and that that it is a much more open. Um, today, reality lifestyle today. Okay, so that's that's an interesting. Well, perspective. there are there are more partnerships with front of house, back of house, with couples. I think in the mm-hmm. industry now than there used to be comparatively, and and things like that. But well, that's yeah, because was, more women have entered the right. Food exactly. World. Right. And uh, I mean, one of the drawbacks of being in in the restaurant industry is, is that you only get to see restaurant people. Right. Uh, so that. Naturally, is how uh, romances blossom in the in the food world. Yeah, and I think a lot of people still deal with the same conflicts, though, as far as dating in the food world. In the beginning, that you're always nervous about: is this going to become something significant or blow up in my face, and then I still have to see this person and yeah, work up especially with when person. it's front of the house, back of the house. Right. Yes, and I often felt like I was on the losing end. That no matter what, I was going to be the one who either had to leave the job, the relationship, and do all of the kind of shifting. But it turned out to be a really wonderful. Um, 
experience for me because I did find my voice then as a as a writer, I think which if, might yeah. not have happened. I think if you're the woman, you still are to a large extent. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if you're the woman, you still are. But Ben, you like- yeah, well, I was just going to ask. Um, you know, you said it ended up being this wonderful thing, and I'm curious how you find like working together even still. You know, how do you balance each other out, and like what traits does he? you know, offer you that make you a better at what you do and vice versa? That's so great because um, Michael has made me a much smarter person, a more curious person, and a much, much, much better writer. He was cruel in the beginning when he edited my first book because, you know, Michael is an editor from Nation's Restaurant News and maybe some of the uh, the longing and passion for that came out with my first manuscript because he used to take a pencil and gouge my pages when he would make corrections. Um, so that wasn't fun, but I... <laughs> no, sounds I, petrifying. I, I learned um, how to stand up to that and then to be to take all the wisdom that he was really giving, and uh, and he we still he still edits you know for me and and uh, what, what do I what do I do for you? What do you do for <laughs> well? The first thing you did for me was make me a much better person, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that uh, probably sums up uh, the big benefit that I got out of this entire relationship. Uh, when uh, when I have food issues on a job that I'm working on or menus that have to be developed. Uh, the first person I turn to is Roseanne, and generally it's the last person I turn to mm-hmm. uh, because she has uh, enormous instincts uh, with respect to what people want to eat and in creating the language that makes them want to uh, salivate. Can you speak a little more specifically to how she makes you a better person? No. <laughs> <laughs> She just does. <laughs> Do we get a round of applause for that one? <laughs> there we go. There we go. You know, it's really funny. Um, I feel in some ways that the best is yet to come. I mean, we are really evolving as people and as a couple. And uh, I'm excited about that, even after being married, you know, all this time. There's something really great about that potential and possibility where in other relationships, you know, maybe it's kind of losing that energy and that um, wanting to really know each other better. Well, to that point, um, out of the couples that we're interviewing in this series, you've been together in the industry the longest and you've seen the most change in New York City in the work both in restaurants and in food writing and in technology. How has the change within the industry itself, the industries that you work within, change the dynamic of your relationship since you both are immersed in a wide variety of, you know, all of these different jobs? Like, how how has that affected your schedules and your interactions? Like, how has the industry itself changed your relationship? Uh, I I think uh, that the relationship has become better and easier in large part because we both recognize that we're older than everybody else <laughs> and and we're both technologically incompetent <laughs> and that the world is passing us by. So um, the, the stakes, uh, quite honestly, the stakes are much lower than they were when we first began. Mm. Uh, and one of the reasons I've become a more better person is because uh, 
the tension that uh, existed at the beginning is, is gone, uh, but the energy is still there. Mm. Yes, I agree. Beautifully said, Michael. Thank you. Uh, but I think we have a slightly added extra to our relationship that most people don't. But something really amazing happened um, about eight and a half years ago. <clears throat> Michael and I, Michael has a son, I have a stepson from Michael's first marriage. And after my mother died, uh, we were very, very close and I was completely bereft and 52 years old and didn't have a child of my own. So after 20 years of saying no, Michael acknowledged and understood this deep need and we adopted our daughter, Shana, when she was 11 and a half. I was 52. Michael was 69, and our daughter is at Ithaca College as a junior. It was a really rough eight years, I must tell you. She is spectacular, and this is, I think, another reason that Michael and I have a lot of hope and energy and excitement in our relationship, and it's made us both better people. Uh, I think it also brought out the very, very worst in me um, because there were so many challenges, <laughs> but I'm very grateful that Michael... Uh, said yes, and Shana has certainly cracked his heart wide open. And, um, you know, there's another show there about the challenges of being yeah. two and then introducing a person who's already a person at 11 and a half, and she never had any parents. I mean, it's kind of a long, complicated story. But all of a sudden, we knew her one day, she came, and she never left. And uh, that was chapter two. I knew there was a reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really beautiful story that I was not expecting, and I'm very bowled over by it. Yeah. I mean, especially at that stage of your relationship, too, to make such a, you know, take such a bold and drastic step um, to satisfy what you needed. I mean, that's well, our an daughter, incredible part of your journey. You know, our, our, we were uh, insistent that our daughter keep her name. Mm. Uh, rather than change it, and her name is Shana de Persia. Uh, so our doorbell looks like uh, it reads uh, <laughs> like Whiteman Gold and de Persia, and it sounds like a law firm. <laughs> a very classy law yeah. firm. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I was so grateful to Michael. I somehow thought it would really be important for her to have one of our last names, but I never really changed my name. So it would be Gold or Whiteman, and which one, and how do you do that? But Michael's rationale was you know, she came with so little. And the only thing she really had was her name. Uh, and uh, that he thought it was such an import, important idea to keep it. And I'm so grateful. And, and she is, too. So looking, and this is a very large question because of all we've discussed and because of the longevity of your relationship. But for a couple in the early stages of their courtship, for a hospitality couple, what is maybe a simple or practical bit of advice you could give today as far as just, you know, keep this in mind or a mantra or a just, you know, like put this in your back pocket when you're unsure about something that you would that you'd want some, you know, you'd want a young couple to know as they're figuring this out. Is there anything you can sort of recommend? Yes. I think uh, from the sort of female part of this, but, you know, that's not as important. Once upon a time, I think I had a very romantic notion of when you fall in love with someone, you become one. And I am so sure that is not the answer anymore, that I think it's fine to be one of a very close pair, whether romantically or if you're working together. But it is essential 
to have your own identity and um, not to kind of lose yourself in that, um, you know, coming coming together because um, two is actually much bigger than one in terms of what you can accomplish and uh, it's just exponentially better and then you don't run the risk of losing yourself is really did happen to me. So, uh, and I think delineating responsibilities, talents, skill sets, and this idea of becoming or being the same person, uh, be your own person, and then you can really have a much more, I think, uh, valuable experience. I, I, I need to add to what Roseanne said rather than speaking for myself. Uh, in addition to all of the work that we've done together and the food work that Roseanne has done, Roseanne's gone on and reinvented herself twice, uh, three times. So uh, she became a four-times James Beard Award-winning cookbook author, um, and then she became uh, deeply Im- immersed in end-of-life care, which she's still doing, and uh, then she got a Master of Fine Arts in Poetry. So uh, the uh, the questions that you asked us at the beginning, uh, I, I think the better of the relationships uh, are those that don't get the answers correct. Uh, because uh, it's the same thing as if we were together and uh, spent our time finishing each other's sentences. Then, mm. uh, once once you do that, you lose your individuality. Mm. So, to the extent that we answered the questions incorrectly, I think that reflects well on us. Wow, <laughs> I like that takeaway. <laughs> I know. Listeners, before the show, we told them that this was sort of a selfish series because Ben and I want to gleam and pull wisdom to put in our own back pockets for the kind of relationships we want in the future. And I I feel like that's happened a lot today. Very much. Yeah. So before we let you go, um, this is sort of a hit and miss thing when we ask people to do something like this. But we would like you to please describe what you love the most about your partner in only three words. So it can be three adjectives or it can be three words to make a phrase, but you only get three words, which Roseanne, you're both writers. So I, I have confidence in you more than I have in most people <laughs> because most people do not do three words, but can you? But that just put the pressure on. I just so. put so much pressure on you. Can you describe what you love the most about your partner in only three words, please? Can I do it in two? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Overachiever. I love it. <laughs> Deeply empathic. Deeply empathic. Mm. Oh, I love that. Um. By the way, if I had to do three, I would say I'm empathic to a fault. <laughs> yeah, you might be right about that, Michael. Um, mm. I <clears throat> trust... Michael. I feel like we need something even more than an awe at this point. Another round of applause. Yeah. We fight like cats and dogs. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to know that too. (laughs) I know. We're like both sitting here, sort of. Yeah. That's a good day. Warm hearted. That's a good day. Thank you so very much for coming. 
into Heritage Radio today, Roseanne and Michael. We really, Thank you. Really I think this was important it. for us, too. Yes. Well, Let's go out and have a fight. Let's do it out. I'd rather have a pizza. <laughs> That's a better idea. Uh-huh. Um, David, thank you for, for really kicking ass at the sound effects today, man. You are on fire. Uh, listeners, you can find more about Roseanne Gold and Michael Whiteman at our website, lovebitesradio.com. And full disclosure, I've worked with Roseanne as a writer several times before, so there are some links as to stories I've written with her, both on my website, wordsfoodart.com, and pieces I've written about her in the past uh, there. So if you want more about my nerdy love for Roseanne Gold and a panel that I was on with Michael that Roseanne moderated. There's information about that as well at lovebitesradio.com. You can also follow Roseanne on Twitter as at Roseanne Gold. Michael is not on Twitter as he is so lucky to not be. Yes. So he'll never be president. It's another thing I learned from this show. (laughs) I know. It is possible. Get my ass off Twitter. It is possible. You can find more about our upcoming guests in this series and about everyone we've had on before them at our website. And if you want to find out what we are up to since we are not live in the studio right now, come find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at Love Bites Radio. Thank you, as always, to David, our engineer, for kicking ass. Our theme song is Give Love by the loveliest Josh Dion, and we are Jacqueline Raposo and Ben Rosenblatt. Love Bites will be back at the same time next week right here at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. See ya. I'm gonna save the world. I'm gonna save the listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. How do I save the world?